Joshua chapter 6 is where we're going to be this morning and actually next week. The Hebrew writer simply said this. It says, you need to persevere. You need to persevere. So what I want to tell us, what I want to tell you in the next couple weeks is simply don't stop. Simple two words, don't stop. Don't stop short of the promise God wants you to receive. I think so many times in life, we go and we go and we go and we stop just short of the finish line, just short of where God wants us to be. And what I want us to understand now that we're not going to stop in 2019. We're not going to stop as a church. We're not going to stop as individuals. We're not going to stop doing what God wants us to do. Now, I truly don't really know what God is going to have us do in 2019, but I know he has a plan for us. I know he has a purpose for us. I can't tell you what's going to happen three months down the road, but I do know God's going to be with us, and he's going to lead us and direct us. But Hebrew writer says, you need to persevere. So the first thing I want you to understand is simply this in your outline, you need to persevere. Pretty simple. Took me a long time to come up with that first point, you know, that we need to persevere. It's such a powerful verse in Hebrews that God can make you a promise. Yeah, he can make you a promise, but then on the other hand, we have the promise, but we haven't possessed it yet. It hasn't totally come to us yet. God says, it's out there. The promise is there, and we know God's promises. He never breaks them. He says it's there, but we never possess it yet, so we have to learn to persevere. In other words, wait for it. It's coming. It's true in relationships. It's true in churches. It's true in business, and it's certainly true in spiritual growth. And I'm confident that we know somebody, or that somebody's here today, who knows in their heart that maybe we've stopped short. We've stopped short. We've just kind of given up. And we say it's really not worth it. Or maybe you're on the verge of stopping. We're on the verge of giving up. Of something that God has put inside you. In other words, God has given you this, this ambition, this idea, this ministry that's burning within us. And it's been long enough and we're saying, I just don't see it anymore. So it's not worth pursuing anymore. But what we have to remember is this is something God spoke to us. And something, yes, may have faded, but it's still echoing in our heart. Maybe it's something we're supposed to do. Maybe it's something we're already doing. And God says, don't stop yet. Don't stop yet. I want to look at the Old Testament passage in Joshua chapter 6. And what I want you to know is don't stop on 6. And you're going to see why here in just a minute. Because right now, as we sit here, we have a choice. You have a choice that you can either hang it all up, you can say, I quit. I'm not going to do it anymore. So whatever it is God has you doing, you don't see the outcome, you don't see the, the numbers you want, you don't see the, what's really truly happening, and you say, you know, it's just not worth it anymore. It's not worth my time, it's always frustrating, and I don't have it. And we just wave our hands, and we put our hands up. But for the rest of us, maybe that's us. Maybe that's you. You're at that verge of, I just don't want to do it anymore. 
But then maybe we're just sitting here this morning and you look at the subject and I want you to see it. Don't stop on 6. In Joshua 6, it describes how God, God's people had to conquer land. And this land he had already given them to them. It's called the promised land. It was theirs. But understand, they weren't living there yet. It was just on the other side of the river, but they weren't living there yet. And I think a lot of Christian life is like that. Because the scripture says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So whatever it is Christ is supposed to be working on in my life, no matter what it is, no matter what he's telling us, whether it's the peace of Christ or the joy of Christ or the strength of God, it is all supposed to be working in my life. But maybe we're sitting here this morning, we're saying, yeah, I understand that, but I don't see that. So understand this in your outline. Just because God promised it doesn't mean I possess it yet. Doesn't mean I have it yet. Means I have it, it's not there. Doesn't mean it's just within reach, but we just don't have it yet. So catch what Joshua 6 1 says and following. I love what this says. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and its fighting men. Listen to what he says. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of horn rams or ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, on the seventh day, that's going to come back in a moment. Just hold on to it. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priest blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast of the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Understand, God is telling the people, his children, you're finally going to get what I've promised. You're going to get what I've promised to Abraham and then to Isaac and now to Jacob. You're finally going to get what Moses never got. You're going to get to go in to the promised land. Because remember, Abraham didn't get to go in to the promised land. He only led the children of Egypt out. But he says, first, before you go in, you have to march for six days. And I think in this passage, there are three reasons why many of us are here this morning and that maybe we've noticed so many people never receive what God has promised because they don't persevere. Okay? Children of Israel are so close. I mean, they can see the promised land. It's just right over there. Now God is saying, I'm going to let you go in, but first you've got to do these things. The first reason is because we don't persevere is because our perspective gets blocked. Okay, sometimes we don't go all the way because our perspective gets blocked. Isn't that true? There's a song we used to sing when I was a youth minister about this story, and I'm not going to sing it to you, but it simply says this. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Okay, I'm pretty sure that song is saying he fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. I think it's probably what's saying. But I think if Joshua would hear that song today, I think Joshua would kind of tell us, you know what, I don't like that song because it took more than just standing and singing a song about the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. Understand, Jericho was the first city in the promised land. It was the first city that God's people had to take. 
Remember, God promised them, wherever you set foot, I'm going to give you. He's already given that promise. He's already given them that. But that God wanted to give them this inheritance. So I think these people are going, we get to go in. We're going to go in. But first, we got to wait a week. And we got to march around this city every day. Then on the seventh day, we got to do it seven times, blowing our horns. Sometimes, sometimes the hardest part is getting started doing what God wants us to do. Sometimes the hardest part is getting started listening to what God has for us. Sometimes the hardest part is simply just doing what God has for us. When you look at Jericho, and when you sing the song, it's like he fought the battle and the walls came tumbling down. But what it doesn't tell you is, remember, they spent 45 years in the wilderness. They've been wandering for a generation, and they didn't have enough faith to go in. I mean, they've waited for 45 years to even get the opportunity to go into Jericho. So Joshua's watching us with our motions, fighting the battle of Jericho. He's like, wait a minute. There's no hand motions here. This is not as simple as you make it sound. So understand, sometimes when we see somebody else's victory, we kind of oversimplify the process. So there's somebody doing great things, and they're doing great things for God, and you know maybe we look at another church, and they're just growing and growing and growing. We wonder what's going on, and we look at it and say, well, that was so simple, what they did. So simple. And sometimes we oversimplify what they've done because what we don't see is we don't see all the time they spent in prayer, all the time they spent in preparation, all the time they spent in actual work to get there before the harvest came. And this is what's happening in this. We oversimplify it when we see it. We assume it was easy for them. Or we see somebody battling uh, something in their life, and we've heard about all the things going on with, you know, narcotics and all this stuff. And, you know, then they come through it, and after a few years we say, man, it must have been easy for them now. You know, it must have been easy. When it really it's a struggle for them every day. So understand don't assume it was easy for these people to walk around Jericho. Now understand something about Jericho, what the Bible says. Jericho was actually such a small city, you could actually march around it in about an hour. Okay? Not a real big city. No real big deal. And it wasn't that Jericho was so big that made it challenging for them to conquer. It was that Jericho's walls were so high. They had built some big walls around Jericho. Now, I want you to look at it for just a minute because some of the stuff that's not happening in our life, some of the stuff that's not, that God has promised for us that you haven't received yet, and some of the stuff that maybe you're intimidated by is those high walls like around Jericho. It's not that it's actually bigger than you. It's not something that's actually bigger than things we're going to face. That's why it's so wise when we come to church and so great when we come to church. And one of the greatest things about coming to church and worshiping together and we do this thing, it lifts our perspective higher than the walls that we've put around ourselves. It allows us to see beyond those things because we've come together We've sung together. We've fellowshiped together. And I hope and I pray that when we come together for this hour, hour and 15 minutes, that when we live here, we're lifted up just a little bit higher than when we came in. Because I'm pretty sure if you have weeks, like I have a lot of times, by the time we come in on Sunday morning, I've been knocked down by the world. 
just knock you down. Sometimes it knocks you on your backside and you're sitting there on the ground going, what just happened? But then we come into church and it lifts us back up. So as long as you're looking at all the walls in our life, those setbacks, those deficits, looking at the teenagers you're trying to raise, looking at our past, looking at those walls, looking at those problems. But when you come to church, we have this idea, and I hope it works, that we are lifted up. So don't miss this truth. Don't miss this truth. Sometimes you just got to look over the wall sometimes. Sometimes we put these walls up, but sometimes we got to get high enough and climb high enough, and it may be hard, it may be work, to look over the wall. Sometimes we got to see what's on the other side. I know when we were driving to Montana, you know, we got into the mountain country, vast openings, but you could see this beautiful mountain ridge line. You know, at first it's like, that's cool, and we finally you get to that next ridge line, you think it's just got to be on that next ridge line, and I, we're still 12 hours away, you know. So you get past that one, then there's another one. So you get through, you know, every, every one, and as you get through them, you know, it's like, whew, made it through that one, but whew, there's another one right there. Sometimes you just have to look over the wall. Sometimes you have to look over that which is blocking. That's what I'm trying to say, because it says in verse 1, it says this, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. Then in verse 2, it says this. God says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I mean, one is saying it's securely barred. The walls are high, the gates are locked, there's nobody going in, nobody coming out. But God says, yet... I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Now, in my book, those two verses don't go together. I mean, they do because they're in God's word. But when you first read them and you understand it, it doesn't make sense. God, you just said the walls are high, the gates are locked, nobody's going in, nobody's going out, yet you're telling me you've given me Jericho. The problem with verse 2 is verse 1. It's barred. It's locked. The walls are high. God, there's no way we're going to take Jericho. I don't see, in other words, what you're saying. First, see this. Only God can speak into our lives in past tense about a battle you haven't yet fought. Yeah, we're going to have battles. We're going to have those days. We're going to have those weeks where we get knocked back, knocked down, beat up, spit out. But get this. God is already telling us because we are his children, because he has always promised these things, that no matter if we get beat up, knocked down, spit out, he's saying, you've got this already. He can speak past tense about the battles we are yet to fight. That's how big, that's how strong, that's how confident God is in his own ability. He said, you've already got this. He said, we haven't even yet started the first round, but I've already given it to you. Joshua, Jericho is yours for the taking. God says, I'm not stressed about what you're stressed about. God says, I don't worry about the economy. I've got this thing worked out, and if you get on the plan, you can have a victory because my purpose, God says, in our life, he says, my purpose will prevail. My purpose will win. You know, anytime you want to see over the wall, sometimes we just need to peek and see that it's right there. Let me get back on track. I want you to watch this. I'm saying that in verse 1, it looks like nothing like verse 2. 
You see, in verse 2, he says, I've given you Jericho into your hands. And verse 1 says, the gates are locked, securely barred. So God says, see, you've got this. And Joshua says, no, actually, all I see is walls. All I see is shut doors and locked doors. So let me ask you this this morning. Have you ever felt like what you see in what your life, what you see in your life doesn't match up with what God has said in your heart? Have you ever been there? I think we all have at some point. Have you ever felt like God is speaking to you about victory, but we still feel defeated sometimes in our life? Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you about healing, but inside you still feel broken? Have you ever felt like God was speaking to you to tell somebody about Christ, but inside you have your own doubts about the existence of God? You know, I'm just wondering, or is it just me? You know, am I the one that thinks this sometimes? Am I the one that has this idea? Have you ever had God instructing you in your heart to give something away? Meanwhile, you still have needs yourself. You know, so it's hard to let go of that. And that's the situation for Joshua, and his perspective is blocked. Sometimes it just happens. Secondly, I think a lot of us stop short because progress isn't always obvious. Okay, so God speaks to Joshua. Cool. Okay, I want you to march six times for six days. And on the seventh day, march seven times. God said, when you do it the seventh day on that seventh time, man, this is going to be awesome. I mean, just wait for it. Wait for that seventh day. The walls are going to come down. So Joshua calls the people together for six. Follow me here. I'm going to show you something very cool. The Bible's amazing when you find these things. Joshua summoned the priests and said to them, I want you to take the ark of the covenant of the, God, of, of the Lord. And have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. He ordered their army to advance. In other words, to march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Covenant. They get this instruction to start marching. After Joshua told the people in verse 8, he says this, The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. So they're making progress, right? But it doesn't feel good to make progress, does it? I mean, you're not making progress. You're not moving forward. It doesn't feel good. We like progress. I always like things to be progressing. So I like things to be changing. I like things to be happening. But in verse 9, he says this, The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. So get this. Sometimes our perspective gets blocked by how high the walls are. Sometimes it just blows us away. So in other words, what we've got going on, and I think the, the army guys, his fighting men, they're saying, really, we're ready to take this city. We, we, we're ready to take it, but you're telling us now we've got to wait six days. We've got to do the stupid thing of walking around these walls for six days. You see, sometimes our perspective gets blocked by how high the walls are. All this time, they're marching the trumpets are blowing. But what did Joshua say? Remember? Joshua said this. He had commanded the army to not give a war cry, to not raise their voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then he says, then you're supposed to shout. So he had the Ark of the Covenant carried around the city, circling at once, and then the army returned to camp and spent the night. So in other words, these fighting men are going, and they're doing what Joshua said. Then at night, they go back to their wives, Back to where they are at. Wives are going, hey, what'd you do today? Nothing. 
We walked around Jericho. Now, as for fighting men, that's not a good thing. They wanted to get their swords out. They were ready to fight. Day two. What'd you do, honey? Nothing. Walked around Jericho. This is not good. So Joshua got up early the next morning. The priest took the Ark of the Covenant. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the Ark and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the Ark and the Lord while the trumpets were sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city, and they returned to camp. They did this for six days. And I want to get all up in this story a little bit right now because I want you to feel what these men were feeling. They thought they were going to charge into battle. They thought they were going to take the city. They were going to fight. They were going to do whatever it needed to do. But God says, no, 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 no. We're not going to fight. We're not going to have all this work. All we're going to do, we're going to march. All they ended up doing for six days straight is taking a walk. I think that's huge for us today. I think sometimes God has this thing he wants us to do and it's bigger than us and we just don't see how we're going to get it done and we get tired before we even get started at it. I think sometimes God says, no, 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 no. Yeah, we're going to do this thing. You've already got it. You've already got the victory. But first, relax. Go for a walk. Just go for a walk. So that's what they did for six days. Now understand, I don't mind working hard. I don't mind sacrificing. I don't mind putting up with stuff. But I need to know that my pain has a purpose. I need to know that what I'm doing and I'm serving is a purpose. That's the point to this. But the Bible doesn't say they walked around the first day and a little bit of the wall fell down. So they didn't see it crumbling. They didn't see it starting to move. All they did was walking. Which, by the way... Why did Joshua tell them not to talk while they were marching? I mean, Joshua said, don't say anything. They weren't even supposed to be blowing the trumpets. Why did he say not to talk? I think it's this. I think sometimes we just need to shut up and listen to God. I think it's, it's, it's as easy as that. Now, I may be oversimplifying this a little bit. But I think sometimes he just wants us to shut up and pause and to listen. Our thoughts are often our own worst enemies. But sometimes I understand we need to talk to people. We need to get advice. We need to express how we feel. But sometimes the best strategy is to just shut up and go for a walk. Take a little time. And you know you've always wanted to tell somebody at church, you know what, just shut up for a little while. So do me a favor, turn to the person next to you and just say, just shut up for a little while. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Bodie, don't say it back. She'll slap you. I know she will. <laughs> so for three days, four days, five days, six days, there's no action. By the way, they're holding onto this. They haven't even seen any of the wall fall yet. And you know how God told Joshua for six days on the seventh day, the walls are going to fall. Remember that? Well, guess what Joshua did not tell the people? He didn't say a single word about how long they were going to be doing this. The guys marching didn't know it was just for six days. They didn't know that on that seventh day they were going to get to take it. As we read it again, Joshua gets the people, and he says in advance, march, but keep your mouth shut, and I'll tell you when we get there. He doesn't tell them how long. He doesn't tell them how many laps. He doesn't say, you know, in five days, four days, three days. For all they knew, they were going for a walk every morning around Jericho. And Joshua lost his natural, ever-loving mind, these guys are saying. Is this all we're going to do? The men are thinking, I, don't, I didn't sign up to be in the marching band. They didn't sign up to have Gretchen lead them as the major, you know, doing, lead, doing all that. 
They said, we didn't sign up for this. We want to fight. We want to take over. We're ready to do something. So this is the third reason why we stop short, I think. Because the process oftentimes is open-ended. Sometimes there's not a definite ending. Sometimes there's not a definite place where we can say, we've made it. We can relax now. Guaranteed, when we was going to Montana, when we finally pulled onto the ranch, it was like, after 26, 27 hours on the road. You know, it's like, man, we're finally here. Okay? You don't always have that in life. We like to know where the end is, how much farther it is when we get the trophy, when we get all that. What I do know is I've got things working against me. I've got those walls. I've got these things. I've got problems. I see no progress. But by the way, I have a theory that the reason the walls didn't fall down a little bit of time for the men of Jericho or the God's people, I think there's a theory behind it. God didn't want Joshua and the men to trust in their own efforts and their progress. So understand that. God didn't want them to be marching and every day a brick fall off or to see a little bit of something happening. Here's the reason. I think God wants us to have faith in his promise. Okay, we don't need to see victory signs. We don't need to have the trophy. We don't need to get the ribbon. We don't need to see all those things to be making progress. Sometimes God lets you walk around in a situation where what you're doing doesn't seem to be working. Have you ever been there? You keep working, you keep working, you keep doing, and it still doesn't work. It still doesn't do what you think. So a great question is simply this. Great question is this. Will you still? Okay. Just think about it for just a moment. Will you still? Will you still pray when the answer hasn't come for six days, for two weeks, for several months? Will you still pray? Will you still serve when nobody appreciates what you're doing? In other words, you're doing these behind-the-scenes things. Nobody really sees what's going on. You feel lonely. But God's saying, this is what you need to be doing. And you, will you still serve? Will you still show up when you don't even feel like it's making a difference? Maybe you're leading a Bible study. You're doing other things for other people. But nobody really shows up. Will you still show up when those are happening? Will you still give when you're not seeing provision flow back to you? You know, we're given sacrificially. It's a great question, will you still? In other words, what God is telling these men, will you still march just because I told you to? Will you still do these things? Not because you see a benefit, not because you see progress, but what God is saying is, can you trust me? Can you trust me as you go for this walk, as you walk around Jericho? You see, it's an essence of faith that God wants us to understand because it was walking around the walls of Jericho that would prepare them to fight the giants once they entered the promised land. Remember what the spy said? There's going to be giants that we can't conquer. So what God was doing is building their faith up, trust in him, not just to take over Jericho. Verse 1 says, you've got this. It was to get them ready for the bigger battles, the bigger fights that were yet to come that God would give them. Can you trust me? I'm wondering if... Sometimes God doesn't send us walking around walls because he wants us to do in us what must come before what he wants to do for us. A lot of times, there's something that has to happen in our hearts first. A lot of times, we have to have a change of heart about what's going on. Sometimes, we have to have a change of heart about the lost. Sometimes, we have to have a change of heart about the missions that we support, about what's going on in other parts of the world, but not only other parts of the world, but what's going on right here and around us. 
Sometimes we get so cold, we get so callous that we just don't see what's going on. Sometimes we have to have that change of heart. There are some who are on lap number six, and you don't know it yet. When we're right there, and we don't really truly understand it, but what we have said, don't stop on lap six. Why? Because lap seven, that's it. We've got it. And I wonder how many people gave up on life, gave up on ministry, gave up on our kids, gave up on God, and you're on lap six and you didn't even know it. So don't stop on six. You're closer than you think a lot of times. I remember the lady that swam the ocean and she went from one side to the other and it was like several days of constant swimming and she swam and she swam and she swam. On the last day, it was so foggy she couldn't see in front of her. So she swam and she swam and she swam and she finally stopped because she couldn't see the shore. And it said she was like 100 feet from the shore, but she stopped short. That's what we're talking about. Sometimes it's, it's just right there and we stop or we don't do it. So understand this, don't stop, don't give up. Don't stop, don't give up. So that after you receive the promise, the process will prepare you so that you can live in the land that God has promised. So I want you to know this morning that God has you here for a reason today. More than just being the first day of the year so we have perfect attendance for 2019. It's more than that, okay? Trust me, it's more than that. And I hope and I pray this morning as we look at 2019, we look at the things that are in front of us that we don't even know about, that we don't get scared, we don't get all caught up, we don't get all worried because we don't know what's going to get, what's going to happen when we get there. All I know is if it's in God's purpose, it's already in God's promise. If it's in God's purpose, it's in God's promise, it's already ours. Okay? It doesn't mean we get to sit back and do nothing. Yeah, we may have to go for a walk. We may have to stop and shut up for a little while. But understand this. God has given you the victory because we are his children. We are God's children. And he said, I want you to have this in your life. I want you to know without a doubt You've got this. No matter what it brings, no matter what happens, you can do it. Just don't stop on six.